Lord. I'm so thankful for the love of God. Amen. So thankful to know that the cares of this world don't have to be carried on my shoulders, but they can be carried on his shoulders. In fact, that's where we should cast all of our cares, as the Bible teaches us, upon the Lord. Uh, he tells us that his yoke is easy and his way is light. Amen. So uh, just uh, so thankful for our Lord and, and uh, just all of his promises that he shows to each one of us every single day. Every single day. I want to read a passage of scripture to you tonight found in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. The Bible declares this. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, I love this, guys, and this is the this is the this is the really the, the guts of the message here today. You shall see them again no more forever. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, as we come before you here tonight, Lord, we are blessed. We are thankful, Lord, for your blessings upon us. We're thankful, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity that we have today, God, to be here, God, to be together as a family, to worship you and to praise you, God, and to honor you and to glorify you, God, with all of our hearts here tonight, Lord. Father, we, we know that you're in control, Lord. We know, Lord, Lord, that all things work together for good of those that love you, Lord, and are the called according to your purpose. And because of those two promises, God, we can stand here today, God. We can stand in our living rooms or we can sit in our chairs or wherever we are today, God, and know that everything's going to be okay because you said that you would provide for us, God. You once again said you'd always be there. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word that we've read. We thank you, God, for your presence that we feel right now. And, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to bless us and grace us with your presence here tonight, God, wherever we may be, wherever we may be, all over this world, whoever is watching tonight, God, we pray, Lord, that you just wrap your loving arms around them, God. Father, that you would love on them tonight, Lord. Encourage them tonight, Lord Jesus. Father, as we continue in this service, and we'll always praise you and honor you and glorify you for everything that you do, God, and all of God's children everywhere said amen. 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 Again, it's good to, good to be with you tonight. It's good to, to see you, as Pastor Keith said, not really see you, but see you. And uh, we appreciate you joining in with us here tonight. Um, again, it's like I said, it's kind of weird uh, preaching to you there rather than here. Uh, as we've been a church for uh, just a little over eight years, this is, uh, this is one of the first times other than a, a weather event or, or some holiday that we haven't gotten together in the house of God to worship. So it's a little bit different. Uh, but again, I can feel your presence as if you were here, and I know that hopefully you can feel ours there, and I know that we can all feel the presence of God. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to try to stand in this spot. I was going to sit on this bench, this, uh, this stool in front of me, and I thought that you guys might find that comical for me to stand still while I'm preaching. I can't do it. I don't believe I can do it, but Brother Keith has told me I've got a window, and I'm not <laughs> sure where that window is, so I'm going to kind of live right in here somewhere, okay? Right in this area, down, up. I mean, in the, all right in here, because, you know, I might get a little excited. So, anyway, I just, just uh, again, good to have you with us here tonight. Uh, the, the, the message title tonight is Tests to Testimonies. God takes our tests, and he turns them into testimonies. Amen? And uh, you guys better be thankful you're not here, because I got Katie 
and I got Heather and I got Noel right here. Boy, am I going to lay the corn to them tonight. Amen? <laughs> they in trouble. So I'm just going to be preaching to them. No, uh, I'm, trying, I'm going to try to look at you guys too. But anyway, um, test of testimonies. So I was thinking about my own personal life, and I was thinking about uh, there's so many things that I've been through in life that uh, I always looked at as a test or I looked at as a burden. And uh, God has humbled me over the years and has taught me so many great, so many great lessons uh, about uh, some of the stuff that I've been through. And, and, and mainly when I think that God is either punishing me, which we know God don't punish us. God loves us. Um, but, but either way, um, I've always looked at certain things as tremendous tests. And, and I've even asked God, you might have done the same thing and said, well, God, you know, why, why are these things happening to me? Uh, why is this taking place, right? We, we've probably done the same things I've done, and I've said that before. And, and God had to remind me of a few things, and I'm going to try to do that with you here today. What we go through in life isn't always God just being mean to us or, or causing us to walk through the fire so many times as much as it is. God takes tests that you and I go through, and he turns those into testimonies. He takes what we go through and helps us to grow, and it helps us to get to another level in him so that we can help other people. That's, that's the, the whole the whole purpose behind some of the things that you and I go through in life. So I was thinking about Chrissy and I, and I can, I can take you back, and some of you have heard me make this statement before. Um, uh, you know, we've, Chrissy and I, when we first got married, Chrissy was in school. We let her get through two years' worth of school. And um, if, you, if you're there and you think about marriage and, you're, and, you're, and your significant other, uh, your husband-to-be or your wife-to-be is still in school, let them finish school before you uh, actually get married. We thought two years would be good, and the last two years would be difficult, but it was difficult, amen? But anyway, so Christy, Christy and I got married after her second year in college, and uh, she finished up college, and as you know, she she's, was in a nursing program. She is a nurse, and uh, it was very difficult for her to go through that, and, and it was a, a struggle. And so when she finally got through and she graduated college, she was so excited about taking her the nursing test that you have to take uh, to be licensed in this state. And so we were all excited about it, and, and the two of us were just... Uh, really spending money that we didn't have yet. Uh, we were talking about, man, the nice house that we're going to build. We were talking about uh, the nice cars we're going to get. and We're going to be able to afford some things that we haven't been able to afford. And we were just so excited about it. And we were just kind of making plans and doing all these things and, and uh, day in and day out. And the day came uh, for Kissy to take her exam. And uh, I didn't go with her that particular day. She was pretty confident. Uh, she went on down to where she had to go to take the test. And um, I forget how long she had to take it. It was several hours that she could, she could, she could take the test before it timed out, uh, a couple hours. And um, so when she got back home that afternoon and I got home from work, I asked her, I said, Christy, how do you think you did? And she said, well, I don't know. She said, you know, it took me the entire time that I was there to, to finish the test. And, and she said, there was questions coming up that I, I never even thought of before, even knew the answer to. And she said, I did the best I could. And she said, I mean, I'll be honest, she said, I guessed a couple of them. And I narrowed it down and took a, the best scientific uh, uh, steps that I could to get the right answer. She said, but to be honest with you, Mark, I just really didn't know the answer to the test, uh, to the questions, so many of them. She said, I don't know how I did it. I don't know if I passed or not. So, you know, we were worried about it over the next several days. And, and sure enough, uh, on a Saturday, uh, I'd been out doing some things and I came back in and Christy was sitting in the living room uh, of the house that we're in at the time, and she was just crying uncontrollably. And I walked in, and I didn't know if something was wrong with her family member. I didn't know if it was, I didn't know what was wrong, but I, I went over to her, and I tried to console her. I said, Christy, what is going on? And uh, I'll never forget the words that she said to me. 
She said, I don't, I, I don't understand. She said, I've done all I'm supposed to do. I went to school. I've studied. She said, why is God letting this happen? I said, what are you talking about? And she said, I did not pass my, my state boards. I did not pass the licensing test. And she said, I just don't know why God has allowed that to happen in my life. And I immediately felt just this sense of, of God just, just overwhelming me. And I said, Christy, I said, we can't say that. God didn't allow that to happen. I said, God loves us, and if there's a reason why this happened, it, this happened for a reason, rather. And, and I said, I, I think, Christy, her and I sat and talked. I said, I think what happened was you and I left God out of it. Uh, I said, we, we, were planning, we were planning all these things, and we were talking about all we were going to do, and we failed to keep God in the middle of what we were doing. And Christy and I, at that moment, uh, in that living room, we just got together, and the two of us prayed. I'll never forget that moment. It's one of the... One of the greatest moments uh, that I've had with my wife and with God in that moment. It was a tremendous tragedy to her and to me at that time. But in that prayer that day, I really felt the presence of God as great as I've ever felt Him. And Christy and I both, as soon as we finished our prayer, uh, kind of had the same thought process that we needed to fast and we needed to pray uh, before she took that test again. So the day came, and Christy and I... Um, um, said that we would do that. Of course, she was working somewhere. I was working somewhere. So we both couldn't do it at the same time. So she did it wherever she was, and I did where I was. I came home from work that day, and I remember uh, just vividly that I came into the living room. I didn't eat anything. I just got down on my knees, and I began to pray, and I began to ask God to help her as she went in to take that test. And, and I just prayed through that entire time period, that, that hour-long lunch break. And I just asked God to help her, and, and I got up from there, and, and I really felt a peace. Um, so the day came for her to take her test, and she, I went with her this time, um, and I went there. She went in to take her test, and you guys, she honestly, you'll have to ask Christy for sure, but I don't believe she was in there more than 35 minutes. It was extremely fast. It was in and out, and I thought, oh, gosh, she must not have known any of the words. Again, maybe, maybe I didn't pray right, or she didn't pray right. I didn't know what the deal was, but she came out. She had a smile on her face, and I said, Christy, I said, goodness gracious, honey, you, you know, it took you two or three hours last time. I said, are you done? And she said, I'm done. And uh, I said, how do you think she, you did? She said, I knew the answer to every one of them. She said, every, every question that popped up, she said, I knew the answer to them. She said, I, I, I know I passed it. And of course, I'm still thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be that brave about it or not. I don't, we, we ain't got the results. But uh, she said, no, I passed it, Mark. And so sure enough, just a few days later, we get the uh, paperwork in the mail. She passed. And um, you know, it was a wonderful thing for Chrissy and I. But it taught us a very valuable lesson. You know, her, her and I were looking at this as a as something that God had done maybe wrong to us, and, uh, and and it was a test for sure that we went through. But God took that test and He taught us a valuable lesson, and 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 through that lesson He used that test to be a great testimony uh, to not only us but the people that we were around on a constant basis. And I'm telling you about it today, and so hopefully that testimony will be a blessing to you as well. So that kind of gets us into the message tonight. Uh, if you have your Bible, we'll turn over to Exodus chapter 14. I would say Pastor Keith's going to put these on the overhead here, but um, you wouldn't be able to see it. Amen? Uh, so uh, if you have your Bible, you have your, your phone app, and you want to follow with us uh, along in Exodus chapter 14, we're going to start at verse 5. But I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, uh, just, just some upfront knowledge about what's taking place up to this point. Uh, most of you know this story here where uh, Moses and the children of Israel had been in bondage in Egypt. And uh, God had called Moses to lead the children of Israel out from Pharaoh's rule. Now, the children of Israel had been in bondage for 430 years at this point. 400 
and 30 years. They had been uh, in this test, this trial, if you will, uh, again, because of their disobedience to God. Uh, here they were, and uh, the time was come that God heard their prayer and he was going to deliver them. So Moses, of course, you know the story goes and, and talks to Pharaoh, and there's several things that take place. And now you, you fast forward over here with the children of Israel. We're told by Pharaoh to get out, to go, just to go. Now, this was a little tougher than just you and I packing up our car for a week's vacation somewhere. Now, you've got you to understand the weight of this situation. 2.5, two and a half million people, it is said, would have came out of Egypt. 600,000 valiant men is mentioned in the book of Exodus, men only, fighting men. That does not include women, children, and elderly. So the number, uh, scholars say, is about two and a half million people. They had to get everything together and begin to march out of Egypt. Now, these folks being there for 430 years had really no idea where to go because they'd never really been out of the walls of the Egyptian rule. Uh, they, they didn't know what to expect outside those walls. Uh, they really didn't have a whole lot with them because they were oppressed. But God told them that he heard them and he was going to deliver them. Okay? So you can imagine a couple of things. One, how excited they were to, knew, to know that God was going to answer their prayer and the blessing that was coming with that. But also, a little bit of fear because of the unknown. Just like you and I today are facing unprecedented times that you and I live in today. Uh, this, this time that we're going through with this coronavirus is unprecedented. Uh, at least in 51 years I've been alive, and I know it's hard for y'all to believe that I'm 51 years old, but I am. Now some of y'all need to repent because some of y'all said, I thought you're 60. Yeah, but anyway, I'm 51. And in the 51 years that I have been alive, I don't remember a time like this. I remember 9-11 happening, but 9-11 was, uh, was more of an isolated event. And I know the people in that area probably felt like the world was coming to an end. Uh, some of us around the world might have felt it a little bit too. But nothing like now because life continued here where we are without interruption. Uh, with the exception of flights and that type of thing. But overall, it kind of carried on. But the world, this is a worldwide phenomenon that's happening, right? And so there's a little bit of fear and instability that's taking place in our, in our world today. Much like their children of Israel, they never faced times like they were about to face. Uh, now, this was going from oppression to freedom rather than freedom to oppression like we are now. But it's still the same effect. They... They had to have a little bit of fear as they began to walk out of there not knowing what was going to face them on the outside of those walls. Not knowing, you know, what was going to happen. So, this is where you find them in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 5 when, um, when, when the children of Israel, this two and a half million people, uh, began to walk out uh, of Egypt. So, let's pick this up in Exodus chapter 14, verse 5 through 16. Let's read it together and we'll stop and get into this. The Bible says, And it was told the king of Egypt, speaking of Pharaoh, that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? Why have we turned them loose? They began to second guess the decision that they made. That we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready, speaking of Pharaoh, his chariot, and took his people with him. He took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Amen? Again, like I told you, they were excited about the fact that they had been delivered from the oppression.
oppression in Egypt. So not only, although there was fear in their hearts, they were still excited and said they left out of there with a high hand. Amen. So they were praising God and they were shouting. They were excited uh, at the same time. The Bible says in verse 9 that the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them or surrounded them uh, by the sea beside Pharaoh before Baalzephon. And, and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They cried out to the Lord as soon as they saw this oppression coming against them. They hadn't been in their freedom or their blessing very long. Uh, this passage here really reminds me of, of us uh, in the time that we're living right now before we go on to verse 11. You and I haven't experienced the freedom of having our own worship service in our own worship center uh, like we have now. We haven't, we haven't experienced that in, in most of the eight years that we've been a church. So we finally got here in October, right, God? heard our cry. God heard our plea to, 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 to bring us together where we could have our own place and be our own people, if you will, right? It's very similar to the children here of Israel and Egypt. So we hadn't been here long since October, and man, we've really been enjoying each other's presence, and we've been growing, right? And God's presence has been great. In fact, uh, Pastor Keith and I have talked about it many times, and I've overheard some of you talk about it, where there's just a different feeling in this church now than it was in the other churches we're in. Not that we didn't feel God's presence there, but it's just different, right? Because we've now arrived at our promised land, if you will, right? We've arrived where God had showed us that he was going to take us, much like he did the children of Israel, um, year after year after year after year, promising them the promised land, right? And now the moment has happened. They had heard this all their lives, all their lives, that God was going to send them a deliverer. They were going to be in the promised land, right? So they hadn't been in their blessing long before oppression happens again, right? The test comes. And so that's kind of where I see us right now, guys. We're, you know, we're, 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 we, we're, we haven't been in our blessing long, right? And, and we're growing and God's presence is awesome. And, and before we, now, now, now we're just getting along and everything's going. And here this coronavirus comes, right? And it just interrupts our joy just a little bit. Amen? It interrupts our joy. It's a test. Okay, it's just a, it's a test, just like the children of Israel were facing here. So, here they are, they're, they're, they're leaving out, going to the promised land, and lo and behold, they look back, and here comes Pharaoh, amen? And so they're, they're marching forward toward the promised land, probably with a little bit more haste than they had before, amen? They see the entire army coming, and thinking, all right, boys, we got to hurry up and get across this, uh, this area that we're at. So they're marching along, and then they come up to what? The Red Sea. So, you'll see here as we read in verse 11... Uh, they began to cry out to God and, and to begin to complain to Moses that he had led them out of the wilderness, I mean, out of, the, uh, out of Egypt, to Egypt to be killed here. And they, uh, they, began to, uh, they began to be worried a little bit. Let's look at it. And they said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast, hast thou dealt, this with, dealt thus with us, rather, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Why have you done this thing? Is not this the world that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than, than, than we should die in the wilderness. So uh, the first sign of a test or oppression, people panicked. Amen? They began to panic and they forgot about God. Amen? They forgot about in whom they put their trust. 
And in the world that we live today, it seems to be that way, amen? We look around and folks, uh, they, they've kind of forgotten about God and forgot about putting their trust in Him and understanding that God's still in control. You know, these times that you and I live today, what we're going through right now, God's still in control. He has not changed, amen? God has not changed. But, but maybe, just maybe, we're going through these times to learn some things and to help us to grow uh, and help us to do better. I was talking to a good friend of mine here today, and there was a quote that his church, uh, during a message on Sunday when they were gathered together, uh, that, they, that they actually quoted there. And it was at New Spring, actually. And, and the pastor there said, he said, he made a, a profound statement. He said, what if, what if God's not doing this to us, but rather for us? Amen. Amen. What if God's not doing this to us, but rather for us? And I think that's worth paying attention to, especially as you look a little further into this here today. Maybe God wanted to see, right, what they were going to do next. Okay? They had just got into their blessing. Man, life was great. They were going to face this first test. Who was going to stand? Amen? Who was going to put their trust in God? Who was going to be found at the end standing and trusting the Lord? Um, there's all kinds of questions and thoughts to, to as to why this might have happened, but in my mind, I think God might have been wanting to see just what was taking place, right? What they were going to do, uh, how they were going to handle this test that was brought before them. So the children of Israel here begins to murmur against Moses and against God. And this is what they said uh, here, the scripture I read to you earlier today, uh, down here. It says, Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. And he goes on to say, See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more. Amen? Forevermore, he said, we're going to take care of this today. This situation that is surrounding you, uh, this sea that's in front of you, this, this sea of water and this sea of people that are behind you is no, is no match, right, for God. The situation that you and I are going through today, guys, look, it may look insurmountable right now, but I believe that God's word is still true and still the same today. Yeah. And I believe what he said right here, stand still. Don't panic. Be smart. Do what you know to do. And just understand that this thing is going to pass and you're going to see it no more. Amen? Amen. It's going to go away. God's still true to his word, guys, where he said he wouldn't leave us nor forsake us. He's still true to his word where he said all things work together for good of those who love him and are the call according to his purpose. God's still true to his word. And what was happening then is happening now. So he's going to take the tests that you and I are going through today, and he's going to turn them into testimonies. Yes, Lord. People are watching us on our jobs, they're watching us in our schools, they're watching us wherever we may be, yeah. watching how you and I handle this situation. Yeah. And the best thing we can do is stand firm in Jesus Christ and just know that God's got great things in store for us. Our answer to people should be the same as it should have been with the children of Israel here. They should have turned around and looked at the Egyptians and said, you just watch what God's about to do. Amen? Amen. That's what we should be doing. And when they ask us why is this happening, our answer should be so that God's glory might be seen. Amen? That God's glory might be seen. I really believe with all of my heart that this is one of those opportunities, Sister Heather and I were talking about it before church. This is one of those opportunities uh, that we're going to learn an awful lot. There's some things God's going to show us that we might not have seen before that are going to help us. And, and I certainly believe that it's going to help our families and our church families grow closer together. I, I definitely believe it's going to cause people to pray more. I think it's going to cause people to, to want to read their Bibles. And while they read their Bibles, they're going to see Jesus. Amen. 
They're going to see him and they're going to understand. Uh, I really believe that. So I believe God's going to take this test and turn it into a testimony. So let's look on that a little bit further here after Moses speaks what he speaks to the children of Israel. He says in verse 14, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord shall fight for you and shall hold your peace. Listen to verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Listen to this, guys. Speaking to the children of Israel that they go forward. Amen. That they go forward. He simply said to the children of Israel, and I think he's really saying it to his church today, guys, that you and I don't need to, we don't need to worry, we don't need to murmur, we don't need to, 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 to wring our hands. He said, listen, I got you, right? I got you, just keep moving forward, amen? And I'm sure the children of Israel were just like you and I are today. God, I'm trying to move forward, but I can't go much further forward because if I go much further forward, I'm going to be in the Red Sea and, and I don't have to swim and I'm going to drown, right? But you're telling me, go forward, go forward, go forward. You know, we're hearing that right out of after pre preacher after preacher, teacher after teacher, Christian after Christian, right? Telling people, just keep going forward. And people are saying, I hear you say go forward, but I got to stop at some point. Amen. I got, I got to stop here. I can't just keep going forward. But that's not so. You just keep moving forward in Christ and God's going to deliver. Amen? Amen. He's going to deliver. The Lord, he said, shall fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. Amen? He shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So go forward. Verse 16 said, But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea, he tells Moses, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. There's a key statement in, in chapter, verse 16 rather, of chapter 14. He tells Moses here, he says, Lift up your rod. Amen? Lift up your rod. Why is that important? It's important because the answer for the children of Israel in that day as they were coming out of Egypt into their blessing and this oppression was coming after them, it's the same for us today. You and I, are, we are in our blessing now and I believe God's going to continue to bless us, but we also are being oppressed by this which is dividing us and separating us, but God says move forward and the next thing he says in verse 16 is, lift up your rod. Now, I want, to, I want to take you back and remind you of what the Bible says. Jesus is the rod of Jesse. Amen? So the rod that Moses had was representative of the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. So when he tells him to lift up his rod, he simply meant lift up Jesus. Amen? And the Bible tells us if we lift him up, that he would draw all men unto us. But if we lift up Jesus, right, all things are possible. He tells us that we're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. So our goal today is the same as it was here for the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Lift up the rod. Amen. Lift up Jesus. Stand firm on his word. Trust in him no matter what comes. And understand one of the greatest Bible verses in the Bible is one of the shortest. But it said, and this too shall come to pass. Amen. This too shall come to pass. I sent a statement out earlier today, and I want to quote it again to you. I was studying and just thinking and praying about this message. And I was actually up here at lunchtime today. I came up here just to, to clear my thoughts and to pray a little bit and to walk around. And, and I got to tell you, I was a little bit heartbroken. I really was, just like I am now. I look around this room, and there's some beautiful people in here. Sister Heather and Sister Katie and Sister Noelle and Brother Keith. Well, Sister Noelle and Sister Katie and Sister Heather. No, just kidding. And Brother Keith. There's some beautiful people in here. And... As beautiful as they are, we're missing a lot of other beautiful people. And, and um, so we're a little bit heartbroken uh, as we stand here 
and, and we talk to you tonight and we sing to you and try to encourage you because there's never been a time that I couldn't reach out there and hug you and tell you that I love you and I appreciate you. So uh, it's difficult for us. And I was sitting here today uh, during lunchtime and I was thinking about that and I thought, God, you know, this time that we're in right now is unprecedented. And I said, you know, uh, Brother Billy Ray Morgan said to me on a text message, he said, Mark, he said, you know, is there anything I can do to help? He said, he said, I, I just, it's not, it just don't feel right not being there. And he said, I'll come and just sit in one of the chairs just so you don't feel awkward preaching to the chairs. He said, I just, I just want to be there, you know, and, and it just shows the heart and the love of people. I was thinking about that and, and then I was just thinking about, uh, you know, how it was going to be. And again, it was just kind of one of those moments with me and God. And, and I was thinking about some of the new people that we got coming and some of our older people that are coming that have been with us a long time and, and some are struggling, right? And, and then, and, and, and then we got these new support groups with, with uh, Celebrate Recovery and, and uh, abused uh, ladies and, and these things. These folks need these things that we do throughout the week, not just Wednesday and Sunday live, but they need things through the week. And that, to be honest with you guys, that's where my heart's been. I've been heartbroken a little bit about how can we help these folks between Wednesday and Sunday when we don't have Facebook Live. How can we reach out to them and help them? And, and those of you that are leaders know I reached out to you yesterday for you to help me reach out to them and, and to text them and send them an encouraging word or send them a short devotion or a scripture, be in touch with your with the people that you lead. And, and so my heart's been there and I was walking around today thinking about that and, and how can we how can we help and how can we keep this sense of community and love that we have. And it wasn't long after I was thinking that that God laid on my heart what I sent to you guys. And it was just simply this, right? That we as a church are not defined by the dimensions of our walls. Amen? We as a church are not defined by the dimensions of our walls. Yeah. We are defined as a church by the diameter of our heart. Yeah. Amen? Amen? By the size of our heart. See, walls keep in, but diameter encompasses. Yes. Amen? Amen? It encompasses. And so what God was showing to me today was the love of Jesus Christ that he has instilled in you and in me, all of us here, it's enough. Amen? And it will abide. And, and, and what we worry about, we don't have to worry about because God's love is enough. It's great enough. See, it, it surrounds all of us. Diameter, right? It surrounds us and it engulfs us and it just squeezes us in. Amen? And so even though you and I today may be separated by some distance, God's love can still be felt. Amen? He still surrounds us. And so I want you to be encouraged by that today to understand that it's not about just these walls, God. Guys, we as a church as Gethsemane have always been outward-minded. Amen? We're always about getting out in our communities. And maybe, just maybe, God has allowed this coronavirus to take place. That all of his people understand that we've got a little too much too comfortable inside of our nice walls. And we need to get out there where the people are and let them know that God loves them. That's why I'm so excited about our blessing box. Brother Keith talked about it before, before we started our service tonight. You know, it's one of those things that, that it's amazing that that was put in place just before this happened. And now people are having a hard time getting toilet paper and some of the necessities of life, but they can find it down in that blessing box. Amen? Yeah. So it just reminds us, yeah, it reminds right. us yeah, that right. we're to be outward-minded and that we're, not to be, that we're not to be kept inside walls, but to allow our hearts, right, the size of our hearts, uh, lead us as we as we lift up the name of the Lord. So, I don't want to keep you long tonight, but I just wanted you to know that this test that we're going through tonight, God's going to turn it into a testimony. 
the test that you're going through in your own personal life, God's going to turn it into a testimony. Uh, he's done it for me. He's going to do it for you. Just remember, again, that you're not defined by the dimensions right of the walls that you're in. You're defined by the heart, right, the diameter of your heart and, and, and the character of who you are in Jesus Christ. So, again, God bless y'all. We love you. Uh, it's kind of odd not being able to give an altar call, but we're going to do that. Uh, it's, uh, you, can, you have an altar right where you are. We have an altar right here. And uh, I just want you to know I love you. Pastor Keith loves you. Sister Katie loves you. Sister Heather, Sister Noelle, uh, we all love you. I know you love us as well. And you hold in there. You keep pressing forward every day. Keep looking up. Keep looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. God's going to bring us through this. Amen. He's going to bring us through it. And I believe, guys, with all of my heart, that separation, separation causes love to grow. Amen. It causes love to grow. And we may be separated for just a little while. But that love that's in us, that's going to keep us together, is also going to grow closer. And as much as we feel that love when we're here together, I promise you, you're going to feel it fourfold greater than you have the last time you were here. I just feel like God's going to take us to a whole nother level in his love, a whole nother level in his power, a whole nother level in his authority. You and I and the church worldwide, those that follow him and believe in him, God is going to take us to another level. And man, the great revival we're going to see, I really believe, you're going to see an outpouring of God. So you hang in there and pray with us. Precious Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you right now, Lord, we love you once again. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house. Thank you for the, the opportunity that we have to be here tonight, God. Thank you, Lord, for the promise of your word, God, when you said you wouldn't leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for what you laid on my heart today to remind us that we're not defined by the dimensions of these walls or the walls of our homes. But, God, that we are defined by the diameter of our hearts, the size of our hearts. And, Father, we just thank you for that here today. I ask God that whatever test that each individual may be going through right now, Lord, I pray that you would reveal to them the wonderful testimony that's going to come out of that, God. And, and, and the testimony that is coming out of it as we speak, God. Because I know that people are watching your children every day. They're watching us, God, as we walk through these valleys of the shadow of death that your word tells us. They watch us, God, how we're handling those things. They want to see, are we going to panic like everybody else? Or are we going to stay together and we're going to trust the Lord and we're going to persevere through? They're looking for a sense of stability, God. They're looking for something they can hold on to that's solid, God, that's not movable, that's not going to be shaken, God. And we know that that's in your son, Jesus, who is the solid rock of our foundation. So, God, I pray that you would help each one of us to, 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 to consider that, God, to remember that every day, God, to remember, Lord, who we are in you. And, Father, help us to do as you told Moses. Help us to lift up our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to lift him up for all the world to see. And, God, let them know that you're in control and that everything's going to be okay because you're God. And there's nobody like you, God, nobody. And let them see the love you have for your children. You did not deliver us, God, to see us, to see us destroyed. You delivered us, God, that we would be victorious in your son, Jesus Christ. So, God, from this day forward, help us, Lord, to never see you the same again. Help us to see you greater. God, help us to work harder. Help us to love stronger. And, Father, we praise you and honor you and glorify you for it all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Build a hedge around your children. Blanket them with your precious spirit, Lord. We plead your blood upon every one of them, God. All your children all over the world. And everybody associated with them, Lord. And Father, help us, Lord, to worship you, Lord, 
each and every moment of our lives. And God, we'll thank you and praise you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.